Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Hey, so before we get into this next episode, we'd like to give a shout out to Dave. You're awesome hey, for listening to us. <laughs> and you're very nice to us in the emails, which we appreciate. <laughs> we sure do. Yeah. And uh, I think Dave said he was on season five last we heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one so. day he will get here, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to season nine, Dave. Although... <laughs> Well, yeah, it's not exactly the beginning of season nine, so I can't say welcome to season nine, but <laughs> you've arrived in the middle we're at in season nine. There we go. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's hard sometimes. <laughs> uh, and speaking of season nine, today. <laughs> today, we're talking about <laughs> episode 10 called road trip so we start out um uh with a black screen super dramatic then the song called the famous final scene by bob singer and silver bullets plays um then we see a close-up of burning flames the camera pulls back and we see that we are looking at a hunter's funeral pyre uh with dean staring very pensively into the flames so and uh, we cut to some time later. Uh, Dean is in the bunker looking at the place on the floor where he found dead Kevin. Mm-hmm. And I so, know. you know, it's implied that <laughs> the pyre that was Kevin is burning. Kevin. Yep, that was Kevin. Yeah, that was, that was poor Kevin. Poor Kevin. Poor Kevin. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> Not Kevin. <laughs> no. Anybody but Kevin. For real. God. Okay. I love me some Ozark Chow. Come on. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And then uh, Dean looks at the table where Kevin was working. All of his books and notes are open on the table. And there's a plate with like sandwich crusts on it. Like he doesn't eat the crust of his sandwich because he's so fucking precious. <laughs> and then and there's like a, a almost empty glass of milk. Uh, Dean picks up Kevin's phone and when he like turns on the screen we see that Kevin's uh, background picture is a picture of him and his mom so Dean is feeling all the sadness and guilt and he fights back his tears as he touches his forehead to the phone and then comes single man tears (laughs) yeah and then comes the rage and he throws the phone against the wall and then uh, sends everything on the table, flying onto the floor. He shoves one of the lamps off the table and throws a chair across the room. Um, then he gets all emo and he looks around and realizes that, oh, hey, he is completely alone now. <clears throat> and we get our opening title sequence. So then we cut to backstage at a rock concert. Uh, the rock star, whose name is Corey is a guy in his early 20s he's got like longish black hair he's got his sunglasses on inside i might add um, <laughs> and he's dressed all in leather uh at first i thought this was like a bieber type guy but i guess we're going more rock band i don't know yeah i don't know like <clears throat> i couldn't totally tell if he was gonna be like a you know you know teen pop sort of guy or like yeah you know? 
yeah. what, you know? <laughs> right. I suppose it doesn't matter. But, like, at that moment, I was like, I need to know. Like, is this a beeper? What are we doing? Okay. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> what are we going for? Yeah. All right. So, um, he is uh, walking down the hall with his manager. We hear the crowd in the background chanting, uh, Corey, Corey, over and over. His manager says, you're on in 10. The label wants to open with baby, be my baby. Then you can roll right on into baby cakes and then the clean version of baby maker, which. Okay, that's a lot of babies that are happening right there. That's like, what's the clean version of baby maker? I don't know. (laughs) I need to know. Can there be a clean version of that? (laughs) I don't, I want to know. Like, I don't think there can, you know, like, <laughs> what is the clean version? I don't Music know. Music in the background. That's <laughs> Maybe just saying baby maker over and over. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so the manager says, oh, and Corey, let's try to take it easy with the groupies tonight, huh? Corey says, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Uh, then we get they get to his dressing room, and then when they open the door, they see Gadriel in Sam's body sitting in a chair. Um, the manager is, like, super alarmed and says, the hell? Security! But Corey says, it's fine, Margie. You can go. Margie, the manager, says, what? Corey? And then Corey lowers his sunglasses and says, bitch, did I stutter? Which, um... No. <laughs> I know. Somebody's got a toot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Corey goes into the room and shuts the door behind him. Gadriel stands up. Corey says, Hello, Gadriel. Gadriel says, Thaddeus, that's a new look, I must say. Thaddeus, the angel, says, Well, what can I say? You know, we got all booted out of the penthouse, and I just kind of figured, why be an angel when you can be a god? And then he motions to the monitor on the wall that shows the raging crowd waiting for his entrance. Um, Thaddeus says, how are you, old friend? Gadriel says, I am not your friend. Thaddeus says, well, I think you're being a little bit mean there, considering all the quality time we spent together. Gadriel says, I was imprisoned and you tortured me. Thaddeus says, heaven has rules. Do the crime, do the time. That's it. Gadriel says, I made a mistake. Thaddeus says, I was a guard. I was doing my job. Gadriel says, what you did to Abner, that was your job. Thaddeus says, your boyfriend? Now that, meh, that was just fun. Is that what you're here for? For the big payback? Fine. If you want to get a little bloody, uh, I have no problem kicking your ass. Again. You know, we'll stay for old, oh, sorry. I'm going to start that sentence over. <laughs> Thaddeus says, you know, we'll say for old time's sake. Uh, Thaddeus pauses as he bends down to open his guitar case, but finds that it's empty. And then Gadriel holds up his angel blade, oh, Thaddeus's angel blade, and says, looking for this? He didn't say it like that, but I wanted him to. <laughs> Thaddeus says, Gadriel, I'm sorry. But Gadriel stabs him in the chest and he explodes in his angel death light. So we cut to Dean in the bunker's main room, packing up a buttload of weapons into his duffel bag. Uh, Cass is there. He says, Dean. Dean looks up to see Cass uh, in his new trench coat and suit. 
I do not like this trench coat as much as this old trench coat. It's not the same. It's not the same. And I don't like it as much. I mean. It's darker. It's darker. Like the, what are those? Uh, the collar is different. Uh, There's not as many flaps. <laughs> yeah, I like all those flaps. <laughs> I wanted to like grab them by those flaps, you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay. Um, Dean says, Cass, now look at you. I'll sit it up and back in the game. Cass says, I uh I came as soon as you called. I was and then he stops talking when he notices the broken lamp on the floor. He also notices the books and papers everywhere and the broken chair. He is immediately concerned and says, Dean, what happened? What's wrong? Dean stops his packing, and his face looks all emo as he looks at Cass. And then we cut to a short time later. Dean has explained all the dying Kevin drama and uh, Gadriel stuff, I assume. Dean says, Sammy was dying. What was I supposed to do? Cass says, you let an angel possess him? Dean says, he said it was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Dean says. He said it was the only way, and I believed him. Now Sam's gone, and Kevin's. Cass says, Dean, I'm sorry. Dean says, yeah, well, sorry don't pay the bills, does it? It sure as hell ain't going to bring Kevin back. We got to find that son of a bitch. Cass says, Dean, if the angel possessing Sam isn't Ezekiel, then who is it? Dean says, a dead man walking. Cass says, what, you're going to destroy him? Dean says, damn right. Cass says, you kill an angel, its vessel dies too. Dean says, you think I don't know that? If I don't end Sam and that halo burns him out, then I... God, I was so damn stupid. Cass says, you were stupid for the right reasons. Dean says, yeah, like that matters. Cass says, it does. Sometimes that's all that matters. Uh, Listen to me. Sam is strong. If he knew an angel was possessing him, he could fight. He could cast the angel out. Dean says, maybe, but as far as I know, he's in the dark. I don't know how he clue him in. Cass says, do you remember Alfie? Dean says, the kid angel? Yeah, why? Cass says, before he died, he told me the demons were able to dig into his mind and access his coding. We might be able to do that here. Maybe be able to to bypass the angel and talk directly to Sam. Dean says, and you think that would work? Cass says, I don't know, but I think we should try. Dean says, okay, where do we start? So we cut to Cass and Dean going into the bunker dungeon. Crowley says, hello, boys. Dean says, here's the deal. You're going to tell us how to hack an angel, and I'm going to give you some of the good stuff. And Dean holds up a syringe of blood. Dean says, human blood, fresh from the tap. And he pats his own arm. Dean says, word is you're jonesing for it. Crowley says, please, I'll pass. Cass says, what do you want then? Crowley says, well, for starters, a massage. (laughs) Between the sitting and the shackles, a body gets a little stiff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. Dean says, yeah, I ain't rubbing you. Crowley (laughs) says, God, no. Get Kevin. His tiny fist can really work wonders. But Cass says, Kevin is dead. Crowley surprisingly looks not a little bit like oh. yeah <laughs> he's, he's a little affected says oh 
I'm sorry to hear that. Cass says, don't pretend you care. You tried to kill him. Crowley says, I told him this was going to happen. I was the only person who tried to warn him. I told him to run. Dean says, from what? Crowley says, you. How many times am I going to have to say this? People in your general vicinity. vicinity I can't say it now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> vicinity. There, I fucking did it. Okay. <laughs> People in your general vicinity don't have much in the way of a lifespan. Now, I can't teach you how to crack open an angel. It's more art than science, but I can do it for you. All I ask in return is a little field trip. Dying for some fresh air. Chains on, naturally. Dean says, no. <laughs> Crowley says, no, of course not. Because if I'm plan A, I'm sure you have a totally viable, much better plan B. Uh, Cass pulls Dean aside and says, you can't be considering this. Dean says, with the chains on, he can't do anything. Cass says, it's Crowley. He can always do something. Crowley says, looks like we need a tiebreaker. Go get Moose, squirrel. Uh, <laughs> Dean looks really guiltily at Crowley, who like, says, eh. oh, I know. <laughs> Crowley. Um. <laughs> yeah, right. Crowley, sa <clears throat> Crowley says, unless, unless, of course, you can't. That's why you're here, isn't it? The poor giant baby's in trouble again, isn't he? Dean says, are you done? Crowley <laughs> says, depends. Do we have a deal? Dean says, yeah. Crowley says, excellent. When do we leave? Dean says, as soon as I can scrounge up a ride. Cass says, well, I have a vehicle. It stopped a few miles from here, inexplicably. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> so we cut to... Uh, the front yard of a house, uh, there's a dog eating out of a food bowl that reads muffins in pink, like, rhinestone letters. <laughs> a lady picks her up and pets her as she notices Cass, Crowley, and Dean walking down the street. Uh, Crowley's cuffs are covered by his jacket folded over his arms, and Dean is carrying a gas can. So they get to Cass's car. It's a cream-colored 1978 Lincoln Continental. Crowley says to Cass, really? What are you, a pimp? It's the pimp mobile. <laughs> yeah. Cass says, I like it. <laughs> Dean tries to start the car and says, yeah, it's out of gas. Crowley says, riddle me this, boy wonder. Why do you need the wheels? Cass says, when you betray us, I'll be the one to carve out your heart. Crowley says, oh, Cass, such a flirt. <laughs> So Dean finishes filling up the tank and says, all right, let's go. Crowley says, shotgun. Dean says, uh, wrong. You're in the back. And so Cass, like, smirks at Crowley and steps in front of him. But Dean says, hey, you too. Keep an eye on him. And then Crowley smirks at Cass and gets in the back. Uh, Cass rolls his eyes and follows him in. Crowley sits bitch, which, you know, is the middle seat in the back. <laughs> and... <laughs> Cass, like, crowds in next to him. Crowley says, hey, watch the leg. Cass says, you're on my side. <laughs> Dean, from the front, yells, hey, hey, hey. And then we cut to uh, the douche nozzle Metatron <laughs> sitting in a bar drinking a martini. Uh, the bartender walks up, and we see that it is uh, Gadriel's former vessel from the hospital before he possessed Sam. The bartender. Oh, yeah. Says, I was like, when do we see that? Yeah, yeah. I was like, so, I know he's here. Yeah. Like, 
I just, you know, dumb moment. That's <laughs> okay. I mean, you only kind of see him, like, briefly, but whatever. Okay. So, I'm just going to call, call him bartender. Should I call him Tamu? I don't know. Let's go with bartender. <laughs> Former vessel. <laughs> I don't know. Hot guy. Okay. Bartender says, get you anything else? Metatron says, I'm good. Thanks. And then Gadriel, wearing Sam, walks in and puts his backpack <laughs> on with the tablets in it on the counter for Metatron to see. Metatron says to the tablets, welcome home, sweethearts. Gadriel looks at his formal ve- vessel and the bartender looks back with kind of like a foggy look on his face like he's trying to remember something. Metatron says, strange seeing an old vessel, isn't it? Like looking in a funhouse mirror. But first things first, the task I gave you, any hiccups? Gadriel says, killing Thaddeus was easy. He had it coming. Metatron says, I know all about your history. Why do you think I gave you his name? Consider it your signing bonus. And the kid? Gadriel says, that was less easy. Metatron says, he was a threat. But I flipped a switch upstairs, and now that Kevin is gone, there will be no more profits. And what about Dean Winchester? Gadriel says, you never gave me his name, Metatron. Metatron says, not much for seizing the initiative, are we? Gadriel, we were writing our own epic story. Oh, you're so passive aggressive. I, I know. I hate it too. Oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't like this guy. <laughs> I just feel strong, bad feelings for this guy. <laughs> okay. Gadriel, yeah. uh, we are writing our own epic story here. To make that work, sometimes you have to kill your darlings. It's not like you haven't done worse before. And then Gadriel gives him a very pissy look. Uh, Metatron says, sorry, sorry. On to new business. And then Metatron slides a folded napkin over to Gadriel and says, your next target. Gadriel says angrily, how many more lives do I have to take? Metatron says, it's not your place to ask questions. It's your place to obey. You want to be my second in command? Prove you're ready. Prove you're loyal. Or don't. Walk away. Go back to being Gadriel the traitor, the sap, heaven's longest running joke. Ugh. Okay, then we cut back to... Oh. I know. Oh. Anger! Oh. <laughs> we cut back to the lady with the dog named Mittens. The dog is now nowhere to be seen, but the doggy bowl is sadly filled with blood. <laughs> Probably mm-hmm. doggy blood. Mm. And, and she is chanting a spell over it to turn it into her demon blood phone. Uh, dog lady chants in Latin, and then she says, Abaddon? I found him. Crowley is on the move. So we cut to Cass, Crowley, and Dean sitting in the lobby of like a fancy office building. Uh, Dean says, your source is in here? Crowley says, and she can track anything you need, even our little lost Samantha. Cass (laughs) says, how? Crowley says, well, this place isn't really this. It's a front for an NSA listening post. Cass says, what are they listening for? Crowley says, everything. The U.S. government is quite the voyeur these days, so I planted one of my best and let her go to work. Cass says, looking for terrorists? Crowley says, looking for Mark's slow boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know, I know. Okay. Two security guards come up to them, and one of them says, Mr. Crowley, she'll see you now. 
Cass and Dean stand up to join him, but the guard says, uh, just Mr. Crowley. Cass says, I'll be listening to every word you say. Crowley says, promise. And then Crowley is taken into like a high tech office. There's a, a young lady sitting behind the desk. Crowley says, I don't know how to say this. Cecily? Cecily? Cecily's a place. I think it's Cecily. Cecily? Okay. Okay. Cecily. Maybe from what I remember. I don't know. I watched this last night and it was really late. So. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Same. Okay. So Crowley says, Cecily, how are you? Cecily says, better than you. That was Dean Winchester. And Castiel? Crowley says, yes, I know. Without the tie, he's barely recognizable. It's so... Cecily says, hot. I mean, human Castiel. Eh, but feathered Castiel? Crowley says, human Castiel. Cecil, Ces- I can't say it now. <laughs> Cecily. Cecily. There we go. <laughs> Cecily says. I think. I think so. I'm going to go with it. <laughs> she says, you heard what happened to him, right? Crowley says, I've been tied up. Pray, do tell. So I cut to Dean and Cass still sitting in the lobby. Dean says, hear anything? Cass says, no, the room Crowley's in has been warded. Dean says, awesome. That's friggin' awesome. So I cut back to Cecily. <laughs> Every time I say it, it sounds wrong. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> she is updating Crowley on uh, the months that he's missed. Cecily says, so, Captain Sexy out there totally cuts another angel's throat, yoinks his grace, and now he's got his mojo back. Minus the broken wings. Crowley says, well, that explains the hoopty. And we know all this how. Cecily says, I tuned one of our satellites to pick up angel radio. Crowley says, impressive. Cecily says, yeah, not just a pretty face. Crowley says, what about hell? Cecily says, no one's doing their job. I send oodles of data down there every week, but does hell give a damn? No. Crowley says, well, of course, with Abaddon in charge, you. Cecily says, oh, that bee with an itch ain't the boss. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she's got a few of the more aggro types on her side, but most are just waiting to see who takes the belt, you or her. Crowley says, they're still afraid of me. Cecily says, probably because they don't know you're in cuffs. Crowley lifts his wrists up and says, speaking of which, do they come off? Cecily says, not without the key. Crowley says, fine, I need you to do me a favor. Can you find this car for me? And he hands a piece of paper to her. Uh, Cecily reads the note and says, easy peasy. She goes to her computer and starts entering the Impala's license plate numbers in. Crowley says, nice to know someone's still loyal. Cecily very unconvincingly says, "Uh uh-huh. Crowley (laughs) says, that is, of course if you're not playing both sides. Cecily says, wouldn't you? So we cut to a short time later, uh, back in the lobby, Crowley hands Dean a paper with pictures of the Impala going through an intersection. Crowley says, your phallus on wheels just ran a red light in Somerset, Pennsylvania, 10 minutes ago. Don't talk about a baby that way. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he was talking about Sam when he said phallus. (laughs) Oh, no! Am I wrong? I'm confused. Who's the phallus? You don't know what that is? No, I know what a phallus is. I want to know. Oh, I was like, wait, hold on a second. No, no, no. 
talking about Baby being the phallus or Sam yes. being the phallus. It's the thing on wheels. Well, Sam is on the wheels, too. No, okay, he's not. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the car is on the wheels. Well, how is a car fallacy? He's trying to say bad things about Baby. <laughs> okay, well, that's fine. You have your phallus and I have mine. <laughs> I'm sorry that happened. Okay. All right. Okay. Dean okay. says, let's go. Crowley says, the three amigos, right again. Cass says, he's not my amigo. So we cut to Gadriel oh, getting, <laughs> I know, uh, getting out of the Impala and approaching a house. There's a man bending over a flower garden, picking weeds. He's got his back to Gadriel. Gadriel says, Alexander Sarver. Uh, the man stands up, turns around, says, yeah. Then his face like lights up with recognition and he says, Gadriel. Gadriel looks shocked and says, Abner? Abner says, I thought you were dead. What happened? What are you doing here? Gadriel says, I, what are you doing here? And then, uh, just then a little girl runs out of the house. She says, Daddy, Daddy. And Abner picks her up. He says, hey, Delilah, this is Daddy's best friend. Can you say hi? Delilah says, hi. Gadriel looks like super emotional and says, you have a child? Abner says, I have a family, Gadriel. Look, my wife and the niblet are going to a movie. Swing back in a few hours so we can catch up, okay? Gadriel says, okay, sure. I like so, that niblet. <laughs> I know, that was pretty cute. So we cut to sometime later at Abner's house. Uh, Gadriel and Abner are sitting in his living room. Gadriel says, so uh, you have a job. Abner says, customer support. Computers mostly. It's like answering prayers, but they pay you for it. <laughs> Gadriel says, you have changed, Abner. Abner says, yeah, well, I was a crappy angel. I was petulant. I deserted my post. I spent 700 years in heaven's lockup. I, no, doesn't matter. We're a long way from Thaddeus now. Gadriel says, I killed him, Abner. I got our revenge. Abner says, I wish you hadn't done that. Gadriel says, but why? He tortured us. You most of all. Abner says, I remember. And I remember you were always there to put me back together. Gadriel says, we were friends. Abner says, we are friends. And the fall? It's our second chance. We can forget our old hates, who we were. Gadriel says, it's not that easy. Abner says, yes, it is. Look at me. I'm happy. Gadriel says, and your vessel? Is he happy? Abner says, he was an abusive ass. But I love my family, and they love me. I'm not a wise man, Gadriel, but I know this. The key to happiness? It's getting the one thing you want most and never letting it go. Gadriel says, and what if there's a price? Abner says, there's always a price, but it's worth paying. So we cut to a short time later. Dean and Cass walk up to Abner's house. And as Dean walks by the Impala, he runs his hands over the car, making sure she's okay. <laughs> He's got his priorities. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. Dean yeah, goes into the house alone and sees Abner with his throat slit on the floor, which makes me very sad. 
yeah. and then he, yeah, and then he hears the kitchen sink run sink running, and we see Gadriel washing blood off of his hands. Gadriel says, without turning around, uh, "You should not have come here, Dean." Dean says, "You killed my friend, then you take my brother, and you think I'm going to let that stand?" Gadriel says, "I allowed you to live." Dean says, "Mistake." <laughs> And then <laughs> Dean... Uh, Mistakes were made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Dean moves towards uh, Gadriel, uh, but he uses his angel powers to toss Dean back into a bookcase, which knocks him unconscious. Um, as Gadriel goes in for the kill, he hears Cass behind him. He turns around and Cass, like, punches him in the face and Gadriel falls to the floor, also unconscious. So, yeah, go Cass. <laughs> we cut back to uh, Cicely's office Abaddon is there She's pacing back and forth in front of the desk Abaddon says So Crowley was here Cicely says yeah uh, I thought you'd want to know Abaddon says you thought right And now any idea where he scampered off to Cicely says Somerset Pennsylvania With Dean Winchester and the Angel Castiel Abaddon says And you know this how Cecily says, they're chasing an Impala. I helped them track it. Abaddon says, you helped Crowley? Cecily says, yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of playing both sides until someone, until you win. Abaddon says, hmm. Cecily says, smart, right? Abaddon says, no. And then she stabs her with an ace <laughs> blade and says, sort of the opposite. <laughs> Like, why would you say that that's what you were doing, idiot? (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) So I cut back to uh, Gadriel, Dean, Crowley, and Castiel in an abandoned warehouse. Gadriel is tied to a chair with warded handcuffs on um, and is in a, like, head restraint that also has, like, a chin strap. Uh, Gadriel regains consciousness. Uh, Dean says, welcome to the party, pal. Cass, how are you looking? Cass says, most of Sam's internal burns have healed. I should be able to fix the rest. Uh, what's your name? I thought I knew every angel in heaven, but I've never seen you. Gadriel says, why would I tell you anything? Dean says, well, I don't give a damn who you are. You need to get out now. Gadriel says, and if I don't? Crowley says, then you and I will have a lovely little play date. Gadriel says, even bound, I can rip this party this body apart. apart. Okay, even found. I can rip this body apart. Tell them, Castiel. (laughs) Dean says, you do, you die. Gadriel says, you want this to end? Go ahead. Put a blade through your brother's heart. If it makes you feel better, I have Sam locked away in a dream. As far as he knows, the two of you are working a case right now. Something with ghouls and cheerleaders. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, why? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dean says. I mean, whatever, you know. <laughs> I know. I mean, sure. Dean says, why are you doing this, huh? We fought together. And I trusted you. I thought you were one of the good guys. Gadriel says, I am doing what I have to do. Dean says, well, so am I. And then Dean nods to Crowley, who gets up and picks up a large, like, really thick needle from a tray and goes over to Gadriel. Crowley says, so am I. And then Crowley sticks the needle into Gadriel's temple and starts to, you know, kind of wiggle it around. Probe. Yeah. <laughs> He's probing. He is needle probing, yes. <laughs> Gadriel screams in pain. Dean is 
obviously having a hard time with this. Uh, he checks his watch. And then we get a small montage as we watch Callie, pu- Callie? <laughs> Crowley <laughs> push more needles into uh, the front of Gadriel's forehead and into his temple. Gadriel screams and screams. Dean cannot deal. So he finally walks away into another room. Cass follows after him, catches up with Dean, and we can see that Dean is trying really hard to man up. Uh, Cass says, hey. Dean says, I can't watch that anymore. Cass says, I understand. It's not Sam, but it's still Sam. Dean says, pretty much, yeah. How are you doing? Cass says, you want to talk about me now? Dean says, like, uh, what? Yeah. Yeah. Dean says, I want to talk about anything that's not a demon sticking needles into my brother's brain. And then Dean looks out a window, trying to control his shit, but we see tears in his eyes. He says, yeah, humor me, man. How are you doing? Cass says, uh, I'm okay. Dean says, good, (laughs) good. That's, uh, so what? You just charge the batteries out? Or you just change the batteries out, power back up. It's that easy? Cass says, it wasn't easy, but I didn't have a choice. Dean says, yeah, well, that's usually how it goes. Cass, I'm sorry. Cass says, about what? Dean says, kicking you out of the bunker. That's a, you know, not telling you about Sam. Cass says, you thought his life was at stake. Dean says, yeah, I got played. Cass says, I thought I was saving heaven. I got played too. Dean says, so you're saying we're both a couple of dumbasses? <laughs> Cass kind of smiles and I says, mean... yeah. Yeah. Cass yes. and Cass says, I prefer the word trusting. Less dumb, <laughs> less ass. I mean, <laughs> gullible would be another word. Yeah. <laughs> Crowley from the other room yells, Laverne, Shirley, get in here. So Dean and Cass rush, rush back into the room. Crowley says, Pinhead's out cold, but watch this. And Crowley moves two of the needles stuck in Gadriel's temple. Uh, Gadriel starts to speak in Enochian. Dean says, what's he saying? Cass says, his name, Gadriel. Dean says, does that mean something to you? Cass says, well, that's why I've never seen him. He's been in prison since the dawn of time. Gadriel was the sentry who allowed Lucifer into the garden. Crowley says, my, my, a celebrity. Dean says, wait, the garden? Like Eden? Adam and Eve? Fig leaves garden? (laughs) Cass says, it's his fault. All of it. The corruption of man? Demons? Hell? God left because of him. The archangels? The apocalypse? If he hadn't been so weak, none of this would have happened. Then Cass gets, like, super angry and starts to shake the unconscious Gadriel. He's <laughs> just like, no! <laughs> yeah. He goes, you ruined the universe, you damn son of a bitch. <laughs> Dean grabs Cass and turns him around to face him. He says, Cass, Cass, hey. Cass says, Dean, he... But Dean says, I get it, but you gotta chill. Uh, Crowley, meanwhile, continues to probe Gadriel's head. Dean says... <laughs> What's taking so long? Crowley says, other than the fact that I'm trying to unravel a living multi-dimensional uh, knot of pure energy, not much. Gadriel gasps. <laughs> like, dude, uh, back off. You know, like, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Gadriel gasps and opens his eyes. 
Dean looks at him, hoping it's Sam uh, that's speaking, but it's not. Gadriel <laughs> says, it won't work. You will never find your brother. Go ahead. Poke and prod. I can sit in this chair for years and watch you fail over and over again. I've endured much worse than this, Dean. So much worse. And I have all the time in the world. Dean says, shut up. All right. Plan B. Cass, you got to possess him. Cass says, what? Dean says, do it now. uh, Hold on a second. (laughs) Dean says, do it now. Get in there. Tell Sam what's going on and help him kick that lying son of a bitch out. Cass says, it might work, but I can't possess a vessel without permission. Crowley then clears his throat and raises his hand um, as, you know, (laughs) tribute. (laughs) Like, uh, hello. (laughs) Dean says, no. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Dean says, no, not happening. Crowley says, don't be daft. Demons can take what they want. I can burrow into that rat's nest of a head. I can wake Sam up. Just call me. Plan C. Cass (laughs) says, you can't. But Dean says, you got a better idea? Then to Crowley, he says, what about the angel? Crowley says, I'll work fast. Dean says, and if he finds you? Crowley says, I'll run. I'm not dying for you lot. Of course, (laughs) if I do this, you're going to have to. Dean says, take off the leash. Yeah, I know. Crowley says, and it stays off. I save Sam. I leave here a free man. Do we have a deal? Dean says, Cass, burn off Sam's tattoo. Cass says, Dean. Dean says, do it. Do it. So Cass walks over to Gadriel and pulls down his shirt collar. And we see his warding tattoo. Uh, Cass puts his hand on it. And there's a blaze of light as Cass removes the tattoo. Dean says, if you mess with Sam, if you try anything... Crowley says, I keep my bargains. Besides, I don't want to be inside your brother for any longer than I have to. I'm not one <laughs> sloppy seconds. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> Dean says, hands. <laughs> All right. Jeez. Dean says, when you find him, say Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie. Did I say that right? Poughkeepsie. Yeah. It's our go word. It means drop everything and run. Crowley says, fine. While I'm gone, hands off the suit. Gadriel glares at Crowley and says, I will destroy you. Crowley says, (laughs) Eat me. And then a cloud of red demon smoke flies out of Crowley's mouth and rushes into Gadriel's mouth. Uh, Dean and Cass wait next to Gadriel's unconscious body. Dean is pacing. He says, A demon and an angel walk into my brother. Sounds like a bad joke. (laughs) Cass says, Dean, if this doesn't work, Dean says, It'll work. So we cut to inside Sam's noggin. Sam is working at the table in the bunker. He's flipping through a book, trying to figure something out. Sam says, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Why is this girl... (laughs) Why is this ghoul only chomping on dead cheerleaders? Uh, We hear Dean uh, yell from the other room, Hey, you want a beer? Sam says, No, I'm fine. And then Crowley suddenly appears and says... Not bad. Sam jumps up from his chair in shock. He yells, Dean! Dean! Crowley says, Poughkeepsie. Sam says, "Uh, How did you know that word? I'm like, Wait a second. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Uh, Where am I? Crowley says, Because Dean sent me, Bullwinkle, the real Dean. I'll make this quick. You've been possessed by an angel. He's got you packed away in some dusty corner of your own mind, and I'm here to break you out. Sam isn't buying it. He says, 
seriously? Crowley says, fine. We'll do this the fun way. And he picks up Dean's gun from the table and shoots Sam right in the chest. <laughs> Sam, like, jolts in shock, but then realizes he's fine and not even bleeding. <laughs> Crowley says, see? Not real. Like I said. I know how possession works, Sam. You've seen everything that he's seen, even if you can't remember. And that's what I need you to do. I need you to remember. Sam closes his eyes to try and then is flooded with memories from when Gadriel was in control. He sees himself in the hospital bed and then, you know, slicing demon soldier throats and then talking with Dean in a courtyard and finally burning Kevin's eyes out with his own hand. He is horrified. Sam says, did I kill Kevin? Crowley says, no, you didn't. He did. You need to take control, Sam. Blow it up and cast that punk-ass holy ruler out. <laughs> uh, Sam looks up and sees Gadriel um, in his old vessel form uh, standing behind Crowley. Crowley says, what? Oh, bollocks. Gadriel says, hello, Sam. Sam says, who are you? Crowley says, his name is Gadriel, the original chump. Gadriel says, was a chump. And now I'm going to be the one that leads my kind back to heaven. I'm going to be a hero. But you, demon, for all your chatter, you will always be a coward. You should be running. Crowley punches Gadriel in the face. And Gadriel hits him back, knocking him over the table. Gadriel starts to kick him. And Sam tries to come to his rescue, only to be thrown backward over the table himself. Gadriel, like, straddles him and starts to strangle him. Gadriel says, give up, boy. You're not strong enough. Crowley says, take control, Sam. Cast him out. Sam uh, only gets a few words out before being choked. He says, get out of my... <laughs> and then Gadriel <laughs> says... <laughs> get out of your what, Sam? Gadriel says, you sure you want me to go? Maybe I'm the only thing holding you together. I leave. You might die. Sam does like a move... <laughs> A fight move. And get <laughs> I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I know, I know. He gets the upper hand and he stands up and presses his foot down on Gadriel's neck. Sam says, I said, get the hell out. And then back in the real world, uh, white angel smoke leaves Sam's body in the warehouse as Dean and Cass watch. Uh, and then we cut to Metatron, who is still sitting at the bar. Not having drunk like four martinis, uh, Israel's <laughs> old vessel is still there tending the bar. He comes over to Metatron. Uh, he says, waiting for someone? Metatron says, I am. And he's late. Then the building begins to shake. All the glass breaks and a brilliant light shines in through the windows. The bartender dreamily says, yes. And then the white, <laughs> I know. And then the white, <laughs> what are you laughing at? Just... <laughs> I, I didn't think dreamily that was a different way <laughs> i would have said like maybe kind of in a trance you know trance, trance life whatever yes it's, it's, it's tom the penicut and he's dreamy so he dreamily says things <laughs> all right so the white angel smoke like shoves its way down tomo's throat metatron looks pretty amused metatron says let me guess winchester trouble so we cut back to the abandoned warehouse. Uh, red demon smoke flies out of Sam's mouth and back into Crowley's body. Sam gasps and regains consciousness. 
Dean and Cass run over to him. Dean says, Sam, Cass. And Crowley says, I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Uh, Crowley <laughs> removes the, all the needles from Sam's forehead and says, Sam, are you okay? Sam says, Cass? And just then headlights flashing through the windows and Cass goes and checks it out as Dean uncuffs Sam. Cass looks out the window and sees two hench demons and Abaddon get out of a car. Cass says, it's Abaddon. Uh, Crowley says, go, the back door. I'll handle this. Dean says, oh, because you're such a good guy. Crowley says, right now, I'm the goodest guy you got. Um, I just don't think that's a word, Crowley, but that's fine. <laughs> goodest <laughs> is goodest a word? No. Dean says, that don't make us square. I see you again. Crowley says, I'm dead. Yes, I know. I love you, too. And then Dean and Cass <laughs> each grab one of Sam's arms and help him up and out the back door. Crowley calls after them. Pleasure doing business with you, boys, as always. Then Crowley sits down in the chair that Sam just got out of as Abaddon and her hench demons enter the room. He swivels the chair around slowly and says, hello, darling. Abaddon says, Crowley. It's been a long time. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yep. To her demons, she says, bring me his head. But they hesitate. Crowley smirks and says, see, that's the thing about demons. They're only obedient to a point. Right. Let's have a chat. Abaddon says, I'm not here to talk. Crowley says, and I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to them, the average demon, because I feel their pain. It must have been difficult with your loving king so cruelly taken from you. I imagine you felt all at sea. And then came along the brute. And he motions <laughs> to Abaddon and says, she's strong and a knight and a mortal at the moment. So I'm not surprised that some of my more idiotic subjects bought her line. But now, good news, fellas. Crowley stands up and says, Daddy's home. Abaddon says, <laughs> I know. It's just weird. <laughs> Abaddon says, hell doesn't want you, Crowley. It's mine. Crowley says, is it? Not what I hear. Not while I'm still kicking. Abaddon says, well then, let's settle it. You and me, right here. Winner takes the crown. Crowley says, see, that's your problem, love. You think this is a fight? Abaddon says, it's not. Crowley says, it's a campaign. Hearts and minds, that's what's important. See, the demons have a choice. Take orders from the, words, the world's angriest ginger, and that's saying something, or <laughs> join my team where everyone gets a say, a virgin, and all the entrails they could eat. So think on this, lads. Spread the word. Vote Crowley. And then Crowley snaps his fingers and disappears. I like that whole speech from him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is a nice, a nice kind of turning point for Crowley's character, I think. Um, yeah. So we cut to Cass, Sam, and Dean. They're on like a long dock. It's pouring down rain. Uh, Cass slowly moves his hand over Sam's head, healing all the needle wounds. Uh, assists. Blah, blah, blah. Sam is standing unsteadily. Cass says, you feel any better? Sam says, a little, yeah. Cass says, it'll take time to fully heal you. We'll have to do it in stages. Sam nods in agreement, but keeps looking uh, unsteadily at Dean. Uh, Dean comes over to him looking very ashamed. Cass backs away to give him some privacy. Dean says, all right, let me hear it. Sam says, what do you want me to say? That I'm pissed? Okay, I am. I'm pissed. 
you lied to me. Again. Dean says, I didn't have a choice. Sam says, I was ready to die, Dean. Dean says, I know, but I wouldn't let you because that's not in me. Sam says, so what? You decide to trick me into being possessed by some psycho angel? Dean says, he saved your life. Sam says, so what? I was willing to die. And now, Kevin. Dean says, no, that is not on you. Kevin's blood is on my hands and that ain't ever getting clean. I'll burn for that. I will. But I'll find Gadriel and I will end that son of a bitch. But I'll do it alone. Sam says, what's that supposed to mean? Dean says, come on, man. Can't you see? I'm poisoned, Sam. People get close to me. They get killed or worse. You know, I tell myself that I, I help more people than I hurt. And I tell myself that I'm doing it all for the right reasons. And I believe that. But I can't. I won't drag anybody through the muck with me. Not anymore. Sam says, go. I'm not going to stop you. And Dean's face kind of falls into feet. And after shooting a look at Cass, he slowly turns and walks away. Sam calls after him. But don't go thinking that's the problem, because it's not. Dean pauses, uh, but doesn't turn around and says, what's that supposed to mean? But Sam says, just go. So Dean slowly walks to the Impala as Cass comes back to stand with Sam. Dean unlocks the car and climbs inside. And he drives away, leaving Sam and Cass in the rain. And credits. Okay, so before Rochelle gets started with her amazing thoughts. <laughs> I wouldn't say amazing. You don't know what they are yet. <laughs> <laughs> I like your thoughts. You, you like your thoughts. Um, I just, I'm going to. I'm just going to sound like a, a huge diva for a second and let you know that Eric is in the room. Say hi, Eric. Hi, Eric. Okay. <laughs> and um, he is painting my toenails. <laughs> and um, um, I, okay, I just need to explain it. Like, I have, <laughs> have like an upcoming event I have to go to and like decided that like, hey, open-toed shoes are the way to go. And that means like, you know, my, my feet need some fixing. And um <laughs> Eric is like the best, you know, boyfriend, husband, baby daddy in the world and and does <laughs> paint my toenails for me. And and the reason why is because um uh I have a back injury and it's very hard for me to stay in the nail painting position for that long. You know, you got your base coat and your yeah. <laughs> double color coat your top coat and it just it's hard for me I do not make him like trim and file my nails because I am not a cruel person so um (laughs) he just does the painting part (laughs) yeah and he's so much better at it than I am I always (laughs) end up just like painting my whole toe and then just like going around the nail with nail polish remover yeah yeah anyways Eric's the best and I'm telling you this because you may hear him uh and also my feet are ticklish so (laughs) yeah yeah I I might giggle so that's what's going on um okay I love you Eric thank you love you too okay Eric uh, I just called you Eric Rochelle and then I almost called you Killian so now I'm all confused um I'm Rochelle (laughs) (laughs) on uh on with your thoughts thank you okay so the first one is that there's a lot of blooper um memories that I have from this episode I feel like from the spot specifically where it's Cass and Crowley and Dean all like sitting there waiting to be like let into this office right oh, yeah. and like 
I don't remember who it was. I shouldn't say I have a lot of memories. I have a memory. <laughs> I have <laughs> with me one. for a while. Uh-huh. Um, but it's um one of no, I think it's Misha that sneezes and then Mark is like, bless you. <laughs> and like it's like a whole thing because like an angel is sneezing and a demon is saying, Bless you. you know? Oh yeah. And then Jensen is like looking at the camera like, Do you see what I have to deal with? <laughs> That's how we got here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I love that. So anyways, that that the second I saw that scene, I was like, it's the sneezing scene. That's so funny. I, for some reason, every time I've seen that, you know, blooper or like meme or whatever it is now, like I thought if they were at like a bus stop and not like in this office. So I didn't make that connection that this was that time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's <laughs> like, funny. I'm fairly certain that this is what it is. You I know, like, so, yeah, I think so. Pretty sure. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Um, also, okay, like, all those needles going into Sam's head, like, <laughs> it looked too squishy. His, his it head look right. His head looks squishy? Yeah, like, when they're putting the needles into his head, like, it just looks like it's going into, like, a soft, like, just, you know, it looks like it's going into, like, an arm or something. Like, it doesn't uh, look yeah. like it's going through somebody's skull, through a you skull, know? Through yeah. It's yeah. just kind of weird. It's like they're like pushing in and it's like squishing, you know, and I'm like, heads don't do that. You know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be the kind of like, you know, needle probe thing where like you it's actually like, you know, I don't know what you call it. Where like, you know, like the fake knives where you put pressure on the tip of it and it like slides inside oh, the I'm handle. Sure that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why it's making because it's just squishing on the skin. Right. So that's why it looks like that. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. It looked like it squished down pretty hard, though. Mm hmm. Like, I don't know. The whole thing, I was just like, mm, not believable. Try again. <laughs> yeah. So. And those are some thick needle probes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You think that if they went like skinnier, it might not. Yeah, yeah, there would be. There would have to be, like, tiny hammers involved, you know? (laughs) Tiny little torture hammers. (laughs) I mean. Yeah, I agree with you. I didn't, I didn't notice. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't, like, question the believability of it just because, like, I know it's not actually happening. So, but, yeah, yeah, I didn't notice. It didn't strike me as, like, too squishy. Yeah. Skull. Yeah. It just it didn't look right to me. Sorry, I've got so I've got both of the dogs in here right now. Also, my disclaimer for this episode because <laughs> Hunter wanted to be involved, and now, well, okay, he just now laid down again, but he was just over standing right next to me, just looking at me like, <sighs> I was just like, dude, like, why, why do you need to pant at me? There's not like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. So yeah. He, he's gone now, but I was just, just in case you heard, like, weird breathing, <laughs> that was Hunter. <laughs> and not Eric, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, I don't know what else, maybe people would think we have a ghost, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, still. <laughs> um, okay, so, my other, my only other thought is, like, okay, so, when Sam, when, like, Dean's like, I messed up, like, I shouldn't have done this, blah, 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 and, like, I don't remember, Sam was like, well, that's not the problem, or whatever, and it's kind of like, 
Oh, like, okay, but then, like, what is the problem? Oh, you mean, like, at the end of the episode? At the very end, yeah. yeah. I didn't understand that either. Dina's like, I'm going. I'm going to fix this. And D- Sam was like, that's not the point or that's not or whatever. I was just like, I don't. He was what? like, yeah, he's like, I messed up and, like, I'm going to leave and blah, 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 blah. And Sam's like, good. And then Dean's like, okay, well, great. Like, clearly this is a problem, so I'm going to leave. And he's like, that's not the problem. And then, like. And then the episode ended. Yeah, I didn't get that either. I was going to ask you, like, did I miss something? No, I mean, like, I rewatched it a couple of times just to, like, make sure that, like, I got what everybody said and, like. Yeah, I and I was even like, anything, oh, you know? maybe they'll explain it in the next episode. But, like, I've watched the next episode because I've done the notes for the next episode. And yeah. they don't. They do not really. No, I mean, so, they might explain it later. I'm sure maybe. they probably explain it later. Yeah, like, once they, like, eventually, you know, come back together. And, they always do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so maybe, because, yeah, they're definitely going to, like, discuss Spoiler it alert, it's not in the next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't know. It. Yeah, it annoyed me, because I was just was like, I, I felt like I missed something. So, yeah, yeah, I'm like, okay, so, like, but then what's the problem? Because normally, like... If Sam's got a problem with something and Dean's like, you see both of their sides of the problem and it's like, okay, well, this is clearly like maybe he didn't say what he was irritated about, but we know what he's irritated about. And now it's just like, okay, but like if he's apologizing for all the things that he did, but then you're telling him that that's not the problem, then what is the problem? You know? Right. Right. Yeah. I I completely agree with you. I have no idea. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just, mm, whatever. But yeah. anyways, um, so what was your favorite moment for this episode? Okay, um, I really like, well, there were some funny moments in this episode, but my, my favorite part was when, um, like, Dean was going to get in the car with, um, you know, Crowley and Castiel, and Crowley's mm-hmm. like, I got a shotgun, mm-hmm. and Dean's like, and he, like, you know, slides in front of Cass, and Cass is all like huffy and Dean's like no like you're in the back bitch and like and then like Cass gets all like smirky about it like ha ha I get shotgun because <laughs> he likes me more than you and then he like gets in front of Crowley and they glare at each other and then uh Dean's like oh no you're you're in the back too like you gotta, like, you gotta watch back. yeah you gotta watch <laughs> the demon so and then Cass is like oh and then Crowley gets in the back but like instead of sliding over to like one side of the car like you do as a normal person he sits bitch in the middle like yeah. like just to be a, a a pissy pants to like to Cass like now you gotta squish next to me and I'm all, not touching you all, our, all of our sides are are touching so yep. yeah and Cass is like move over you're on my side I just like yeah. the whole scene it was super funny so yeah. yeah anyway what was your favorite moment the same thing. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That and, like, oh, gosh. I think. Yeah, I think that. But, like, specifically, like, part of it where they called it, like, the pimp mobile, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, Cass is driving the pimp mobile. Yeah. And then, like, when. You know, when they drive like, away and like, yeah, 
And they don't don't like they drive away and you can see like the hydraulic like the cars bouncing in the back a little bit. I don't you know? remember hydraulics, but I do remember they drive off to some drive off to some pretty like I, I don't remember if it was like rap or hip hop or something, but it was like definitely like kind of like cast came from the hood and stole a car. You know, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like you know, like, yeah. it was, I'm like, this is not match your character, you know, like, <laughs> how did you come up yeah. with this? like, where did you get this from, like, did he steal it, <laughs> probably, yeah. but, like, where did he steal it from, I don't know, and, like, clearly, whatever music was playing at the time, he didn't bother to change, because, yeah, I, he was like, he, oh, like, he was yeah. probably like, yeah, this is my jam, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't see him, like, I don't know, like, finding rap or hip-hop or something to be his, like, forte, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Not that it couldn't be. It just was, it was kind of surprising. The whole thing was just kind of like, huh, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I have questions now, you know? Like, <laughs> I have questions that need to be answered. But, anyway. Yeah, it was um, a good moment. Yeah. Uh, so, for the interesting facts for this episode, it says it's the first time Crowley calls Sam Bullwinkle instead of just Moose. <laughs> oh, I didn't really catch that. I don't okay. remember that. I didn't yeah. write it down. But I don't I'm remember sure. saying that either. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I probably fucked I up. I mean, it's there. Like, I don't know. I'm sure. Like, I could see it happening, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But. Anyway, um, it says, when Dean says, welcome to the party, pal, um, this references the same quote that John McClane says in Die Hard from 88. Um, It says, Mark Shepard and Tom O'Pennicott have starred together in TV shows Dollhouse from 2009 and Battlestar Galactica from 2004. Um, Which are both shows that you need to watch, like, (laughs) and love and despair about. Yeah. (laughs) At some point, I will maybe watch them. <laughs> yeah, you should. I can't I think, make any guarantees. Like, I got Doll- a lot of things I need to yeah, watch. <laughs> I know. You'll you'll like Dollhouse and like it's like it's shorter than, you know, Battlestar and not as like emotionally heavy. So it's it's a lot of fun. And like Felicia Day is in it and like you're mm-hmm. gonna recognize everybody and, and it's fun. It's a fun show. Yeah. Uh, with like a cool mystery to it. But like yeah. Battlestar will make you feel like dying basically <laughs> but like in that good way yeah <laughs> so yeah i think the only so like obviously now that supernatural is not airing anymore there's no new anything to watch up watch with that so the only thing that i like oh the only things that i like keep up with at this point are outlander mm-hmm. and like yellowstone 1883 mm-hmm. um well yellowstone slash 1883 Okay. Um, and then one of uh, my friends at work just got me on to um, Outer Range, which is like a sci-fi version of Yellowstone, kind yeah, of. Yeah, I've heard about that. I heard that's good. Like, I haven't, I've just watched the first episode so far. So, like, and it is kind of similar, you know, like mm-hmm. similar plot line. Like, there's, you know, a family that's trying to keep their property and, you know, keep it away from other people and whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. But in this one, there's, like, this, like, big, like, black hole in one of his pastures that, like, it's just a whole weird thing. So, like, and I don't know, like, necessarily what it is or totally what it does yet or anything like that, you know, because, like, I've seen one episode. But, um, yeah, it was just kind of interesting. So, um, 
Is it like, can I, is there like animal problems that would upset me? So far, the only, I mean, because I've only, again, I've only seen one episode. The only thing that, I mean, there's like people murder, right? Which, mm-hmm. okay. Um, and then there's this random buffalo that keeps wandering. Like, you don't know where this buffalo came from. Okay. But it's got two arrows in its side. Okay. It's just walking around. Like, it's not dying. It's not dead. It's just a buffalo walking around with arrows sticking out of its side. So it's like, okay, so, like, where did this come from? He's totally fine. Like, he is completely alive and well. Like, not even a hint of dying, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, did he die at one point and came back to life? And I just say, like, is it, like, a supernatural buffalo? That's what I'm, I don't know. I do that. Okay. Saying. All right. There's okay. just a buffalo with arrows sticking out of it that's doing completely fine, which is confusing because a buffalo with arrows sticking out of it like that should be dead, in fact. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess once you get to the buffalo part, I mean, if yeah, that like, ever gets like resolved, at some point you see like, the buffalo me, getting shot. Yeah. Like, just like once you get further into it, let me know if I could deal with the animal part. Yeah. 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 yeah like, it, the whole thing is just kind of weird so far. Like, Travis and I watched the first episode, and we kept looking at each other like, what the hell? You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> now That's what's awesome. going on? Okay, but, like, what? You know? Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, I've heard good things know. about that show. So, yeah, like, it. Uh, so far, it's confusing more than anything else. Like, I don't know if I... I don't dislike it. I don't know if... I like it though either yet because I'm just like so confused about what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> what's it? Um, is it like streaming on a? It's on, on Amazon. Yeah. On Amazon. Okay. Cool. So. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's interesting though. So, I will let you know when we uh watch more of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Other than that, I don't really watch much. I am like watching um. I mean, I don't really have time to watch anything, especially since, like, when I do have time, I'm like, oh, shit, I need to watch this episode of Supernatural. So I need to know <laughs> yeah. for, you know, that's pretty but, much, like, that's, I take the time to watch Supernatural for the podcast, but yeah. I don't, like, take the time to watch anything else normally. Yeah, so, like, when I do have a little bit of time, like, when Killian isn't there, you know, there's a lot, obviously, that Killian cannot watch that, like, like pretty much everything I want to watch, Killian can't right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, I have to wait for him to be at school or asleep. But usually when he's asleep, I'm asleep. So, like, you know, he's at school. <laughs> and, <that. laughs> yeah, so, like, okay. So, like, I've been watching, you know, Ghost Adventures because mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know how it happened. But that turned out to be my my uh, my comfort show uh, outside mm-hmm. of Supernatural, of course. So, yeah. That's just where I'm at, <laughs> which is not, you know, a serial story show. It's like, a, hey, I went to this haunted place and bro did you feel that bro you know it's all that. Yeah. Like, yeah bro look i saw something bro yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah but once i have more time and or killian is older and able to watch or wants to watch more of the stuff i'm into like yeah that'll all change but when will that happen i don't know when's it appropriate for him to watch those kind of shows i don't know <laughs> I think it just depends on how scared he is of it. If I know, it's right? Now he's film or something, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> eh, he'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. 
Where was I? On the, uh, oh, okay. I was like, I don't know where I was in all these facts. Okay. Um, so <laughs> the next one is Crowley says the Three Amigos Ride Again. Um, Three Amigos from 1986 is a comedy film starring Steve Martin, she- Chevy Chase, and Martin Short. Have you that- seen that movie? Chevy uh, Chase. You say Chevy. I know. Like, I always, like... I, like, catch myself, and then I just always say it like a mixture of, a ch- like, Chevy Chase. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Because I always, like, catch myself halfway through saying it, and it's just not right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, no, I have not seen that. Okay. I'm pretty sure we own it. It's very funny. Yeah. Eric loves it. So, he's giving I'm me sure. the what look, because he can't, like, hear you talking. We're talking about <laughs> the three amigos. The movie. Eric's nodding in approval. <laughs> At some point, I'll have to watch it, but I don't, I do like the comedy stuff. Like, I'm more likely to watch the comedy stuff than the other stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so it says Sarah Deacons, um, who plays Margie. Who's Margie? I do not remember Margie. Okay. I don't remember Margie. Well, what's up with her? (laughs) Anyways, um, she appeared in an episode of Battlestar Galactica, which starred uh, Tomo. Okay, now I girl. have to know who she is. Thank you. I, I don't know. Love you. Too. I don't know who. Who the hell is Margie? Okay, hold on. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll IMDb this shit. Let's see here. Bounce, bounce, bounce. Give me a second. Like, okay. Um. Boom. What's the okay, name well, of this episode again? Last time, too, when they said that this person is in the, like, it was like, um, not Jensen, Jared's ex. That was like, oh, in, yeah. she wasn't in the episode. That's right. Okay. Uh, this episode is Road Trip, right? Yeah. Okay. So. Sarah Deacons, who plays Margie. It's M A R G E Y. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Mm, yeah, okay, I see her, and I have no idea. I don't remember her in this episode at all, or in Battlestar. So, well, it's <laughs> familiar to me. That makes me feel really lame. So, okay. I mean, whatever. Okay. And apparently, <laughs> it wasn't a very big part. You know. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Or maybe it was, and we're both just having no remembrance of ever seeing her. I know. Um, <laughs> That's okay. So it says the next one says Brenna O'Brien and Dan Payne previously appeared in three episodes of Alice, I think, together, which it doesn't say who these people are, but it just says that two two actors appeared in something together. <laughs> what was the name of the thing they appeared in? Um, Alice, I think. I haven't even heard of that. I wonder. Hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. It's from 2006. Okay. Um, so... It says when Crowley is trying to crack Gadriel, who is inhabiting Sam at the time, and Gadriel passes out, he calls Dean and Castiel back into the room, addressing them as Laverne and Shirley from 1976. Um, it's a reference to the characters um, uh, from a sitcom of the same name, which is a spinoff of Happy Days from 1974. Oh, um, I did not know that was a spinoff of Happy Days. Not that I've watched either of those shows, but... I but feel still. like at one point I've seen like clips of Happy Days, but like that's it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it says Laverne and Shirley were portrayed as friends through thick and thin. Okay. Um, 
the next one is the word that Crowley says to Sam is a key. Poughkeepsie is the same word that the lawyer John Cage, um, Peter McNichol, um, from Allie McBeal um, from 1997 says to prevent his stuttering. Oh, I did not watch Allie McBeal. I think Eric did. He's no longer in the room, by the way, lurking by my toes. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, he did watch that show and said that I should watch it and I would love it, but I just haven't gotten there yet. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, the next one is Poughkeepsie is also what Papa Doyle said to his, it says CL, I'm guessing client. <laughs> I don't know. In the classic film, The French Connection from 1971. Oh, I did not see to that. To his CI, maybe? Is that CI or CL? It's hard to tell because, like, when you capitalize an I in most <laughs> types, it looks like an L. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure. What's a CI? Crime. Crime investigator. investigator. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so there were, Poughkeepsie has been said a couple of times in a couple of different things. <laughs> okay. And that's cool. where we sit with that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So our research from today is. Well, we, okay, so first of all, we were trying to look at uh, Somerset, um, Pennsylvania, because that's where at least part of the episode is. Um, couldn't find anything there, so we went to Philly instead. <laughs> yeah, there, there um, were some uh, some hauntings in Somerset, but there just wasn't enough information for us to give you, like, a, a detailed account. There's, like, a paragraph about a couple things, but, like, you yeah. know, we want like, to give you a little more. Somebody says info. they saw this one time, you know, like, yeah. Okay, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. so. But yeah, so we are on Philly Ghosts website, um, and this is on the Betsy Ross house. Uh, it says just several blocks away from Independence Hall in the Liberty Bell lies a skinny slice of history, the Betsy Wa- Bit- blah, 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 Betsy <laughs> Ross house. Oh, boy. (laughs) The home itself was built over 250 years ago, and it is said that Betsy Ross herself lived there from 1776 to 1779. Why is this tiny little heritage home an important part of American history? Betsy Ross was the woman who designed and sewed the first ever American flag. Um, Tradition tells that General George Washington and two members of the Congress... Congressional Committee, why can't I say that word, Um, (laughs) visited Mrs. Ross in 1776. She convinced Washington to change the shape of the stars in a sketch of a flag he showed her from uh, six-pointed to five-pointed by demonstrating that it was easier to cut the shape of the five-pointed star. Ross made flags for the Pennsylvania Navy during the time of the American Revolution and was an avid flag maker for over 50 years. For more than 150 years, the house served as both a business and residence for many different owners. It saw the likes of a shoemaker, drugstore, tailor, a cigar shop, and even a tavern at one point. In the 1870s, the Mund family moved in and took advantage of the home's history, posting a sign outside that it, or that read, first flag of the U.S. made in this house. Um, by the later 1800s, most of the other colonial-era buildings on the block of Arch Street uh, were torn down and replaced with larger and more modern industrial buildings and warehouses. Many Philadelphians feared that the Betsy Ross house would face a similar fate. 
1898, a group of concerned townsfolk established the American Flag House and Betsy Ross Memorial Association to raise money in order to, per- or to purchase the home and save it from imminent destruction. They were successful and restorations were completed by 1937 and all eight rooms of the small home were open to the public on Flag Day, June 14, 1937, a fitting day for this home to be reintroduced into society. The entire property, including the home and the courtyard, was gifted to the city of Philadelphia in 1941. Uh, The Betsy Ross House remains dedicated to its historic mission of preserving the site and remembering the life of Betsy Ross, a working class 18th century tradeswoman. The home is even filled with antiques and the personal belongings of Betsy and her family. It says Betsy Ross was born Betsy Griscom. Um, On New Year's Day um, of 1752, she was born in Gloucester, New Jersey, and was the eighth of of 17 children. (laughs) That's a lot of children, dude. Can (laughs) you imagine? What? Oh. That's a lot. You know, like 17, that's three more, you know? (laughs) Yeah, like I I would fear for the state of my nethers at that point. Like... Of your whole body. Like, there's no, like, yeah, nothing that's going to be normal after that. 17? Yeah. Holy cow. Imagine how many years you spend pregnant. Oh, my God, no. Like, that sounds, I mean, assuming that you have easy pregnancies, it sounds like, okay, maybe not too bad. But, like, if you're one of those that's, like, throwing up all the time or, like, you know, any of that sort of stuff, like, and just, yeah. like, miserable the whole time. Ugh, you know. Yeah, yeah that that's uh I did not have I did not have a pleasant pregnancy. Like there were like okay days and and then there were, you know, the rest of the time. So Yeah. Yeah, no. No, that was awful. God, that was awful. Yeah, oh. Mm. Oh. That's just Sounds like a lot. Um, <laughs> it says uh, only nine of her siblings survived through childhood, but also nine is s- a still lot. A pretty big family, yeah, and that too, is you know like pretty normal for that time, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, I think especially like back then, that was your help, right? Like yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> if you had a farm or you had a business or whatever, like. Yeah, Pastors that's true. Don't help you, you know, like mm-hmm. once they're obviously old enough, but still, you know. Yeah. Um, it says she lost a handful of siblings when she was just five years old, and another two when she was ten. Uh, just she just lost a handful. Like <laughs> what? You know? What a way to describe it. Yeah. I know. Like, good grief. Um, I wonder if there was like a sickness or something, or if it was just like all, you know. Because when if you lose a handful of siblings in a year, like I would expect that there was some sort of disease or something, not mm-hmm. just like they all randomly found, you know, different things to die of, you know, like, I mean, it I sounds for weird, a second, but, like, you you just, I thought for a second you were just going to say they all found Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> they all went to see Jesus. <laughs> OK. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, well (laughs) so yeah so she lost a handful when she was five and another two when she was 10 um it says she was raised with quaker beliefs and strict discipline she learned to sew from an early age and carried that knowledge with her to adulthood she met her husband john ross while she was apprenticed to an upholsterer named william webster 
The couple fell in love quickly and eloped, marrying at Hugs Tavern in Gloucester City, New Jersey, in 1773. Um, unfortunately, due to the strictness um, of the Quaker Church, her marriage caused a split from her Griscom family, and she was expelled from the Quaker Church congregation she was a member of. So, like, why would she get expelled from church for getting married? It was probably they didn't do the ceremony the correct way for them or Or maybe something. he wasn't like a member of the church. Yeah, or... he wasn't a member okay. or, you know, something like that. You know, like okay. there was something that they're like, this isn't right, you know. And so they were just okay. like, screw you, you're kicked out, you know. Like, okay, got it. Um. <laughs> It says, uh, the young couple soon started their own upholstery business and found their way into the Christ Church, um, where their fellow congregants occasionally included George Washington himself. Um, The American Revolutionary War broke out when the Rosses had been married for just two years. Um, As a member of the local Pennsylvania Provincial Militia, that's a hard one to spit Mm. out. Yes. (laughs) Pennsylvania Provincial Militia. (laughs) (laughs) Um, John Ross was assigned to guard munitions. Um, He died shortly after in 1775 when rumors state that a gunpowder explosion killed him. Mm. Um, Betsy was only 24 years old when she was widowed and continued to work in the upholstery business, making blankets, tents, and packaged ammunition in 1779 for the Continental Army. Mm. She married a couple of times after and had a handful of children who mourned her death in January of 1836. Um, Whether or not she lived at the Betsy Ross house is a matter of debate, but it remains one of the most visited and most haunted sites in the city of uh, Philadelphia. So it says, a well-known haunted hotspot, the Betsy Ross house was directed by Lisa Acker Mulder when the house was uh, featured on the popular paranormal television (laughs) show Ghost Hunters. I can't speak right now. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. I think my brain is, like, reading faster than my mouth can spit it out is what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) It says, the team of paranormal investigators from the show provided Mulder with evidence of a haunting she said surprised her. And it's got a quote from her saying, I've certainly heard my share over the years and had a few unusual experiences of my own. However, I have to admit to being absolutely shocked by the results of the TAPS investigation. Uh, It says, once the team arrived at the landmark home... Um, Mulder told them of a more recent story of murder right at the house. In 1980, two security guards for the home got into an altercation in the basement of the gift shop. Uh, The fight turned really sour when one of the guards pulled out his gun and shot the other three times, leaving him overnight in the shop to die. Since then, visitors have claimed to hear disembodied voices coming from the area where the murder took place. In the parlor of the home, where Betsy is said to have met with the U.S. Flag Committee, witnesses state that they feel a dark and foreboding presence in the room with them. Other visitors and staff members have heard rustling and voices coming from the basement of the house itself. In the director's office, which is in the attic of the home, one former director felt a large hand grab onto her shoulder roughly and was so frightened by the experience that she climbed out of the window and onto the flagpole outside to uh, and bleh, climbed out of the window and onto the flagpole outside, too afraid to cross the room to escape down the steps. Like, okay, like... <laughs> you just jumped out of the window onto a flagpole and scurried down and, like, took off? Like, I don't know. She just, like, I just imagine her, like, spitting around, like, wee all the yeah, way like, down. Like, <laughs> like her. <laughs> I mean, I kind of... <laughs> I kind of want that escape route myself. Like, that sounds... 
I mean, if there's a fire, you know, <laughs> like you're just gonna jump from your window to a flagpole. Well, I mean, I would have it real. close to the house. <laughs> okay, but if it was that close to the house and the house was on fire, the flagpole would be hot, man. <laughs> you're going down and taking all of your skin off on the way down. Mm, I'm sure there's a way around that. How can we? How can we keep proof of flagpole or? <laughs> How can I have some sort of heat proofing, I don't know, outfit or body protector? You're going to have to go find your heat proofing outfit to go and put that on and then be able to get out the window. I don't think so. I mean, that's better than dying, right? Like, I mean, yeah, if you can get the suit on and get out the window in time. Well, it's not going to be like one of those huge ass, like, you know, sumo wrestler suits, like, that someone has to zip you in. I mean, I just imagine it's some of the, like, you know, thin, fireproof blanket tinfoil-like things, you know? You just, like... I don't think those are fireproof, are they? Yeah. I mean, I probably for only a certain amount of time. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know those are fireproof. I thought that those were just for, like, to reflect the heat off your body and keep it in. You know what? I have some, and I will find out. Not right now, but I'll get back to you. Like, I know their main purpose is for, like, holding heat inside people's body, especially, like, when they're in shock and stuff. That's why they'll put them around them so they don't get too cold. That's a different blanket. I'm talking about something else. Yeah. The silver, like, the silver-looking ones? Two separate things. Two separate things. They are both silver, but they are two separate things. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll send you a link from Amazon. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. Um, oh, yes, the flagpole. Okay. Um, <laughs> it says, history states that the house's former owner died in the room that now functions as the director's office. Um... With a bit of the home's history under their belt, the Ghost Hunters team set out to try and see what they experienced within the home. During their investigation, they captured disembodied voices galore throughout the house. One came from the basement, a man moaning. Um, Could this be the spirit of the guard who was left to die there? Um, A man's voice was also captured in the director's office, but it was too muffled for them to make out precisely what it was saying. Um, while spirits of more recent tragedies are seen regularly in the home, Betsy Ross herself has also been witnessed. Um, guests, guests to the home report seeing a woman crying at the foot of a bed in the basement. Um, Betsy Ross not only lost her husband to an explosion as he served the country, but she also lost one of her daughters while she was married to her third husband. Uh, rumor has it that the woman sobbing by the bed is Betsy mourning the loss of her husband and child. So, Pennsylvanians, have you ever visited the historic Betsy Ross house? Uh, Have you ventured into the basement of the home to see if you could catch a glimpse of Mrs. Ross herself? (laughs) Regardless, this home will go down in history as one of the most influential American historical sites in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania as a whole. I can't remember. Did you say what where this article came from? I feel like you didn't. Philly Ghosts. Okay, you did. I I remember now. Yeah, it's their website. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. So it's phillyghosts.com. Okay, cool, cool. But, yeah sorry i got so my phone so my iphone updated and so how they normally like how like their safari which is like this cert is like the internet right yeah um it used to have like normally how things <laughs> um record in um 
or not record. God, English. What is going on with me? How you look at internet screens on the computer, you know, like you have the search bar up top or it has like the, you know, website like location up at the very top of it. Yeah. It used to do that on the phone too. Now it has it on the bottom of the screen. And so I'm always like, I don't know what side I'm on. Because oh, it's yeah. like the whole thing is like completely different now. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> Weird. I now I want to know what mine does. I feel like I, I mean, I'm just having it like a Samsung. So that I don't have Safari. I'm on just Google. Yeah, it's still on the top for me. Yeah, I feel like I've never seen it ever on the bottom before. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's just the new iPhone update, which I'm not sure if I like. You know, yeah, like, yeah. why do you got to be different? Why can't you just make it easy for everybody to figure it out? Because <laughs> progress. For progress sake, man. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So, what was your Idgid Raspa moment from this week? Okay. So, this was, like, maybe, I don't know, three weeks ago. Um, I was, um, uh, me and Eric were picking Killian up from school, and he was going to, like, play in the playground with his friends after school, which is super normal. You know, the, like, mom squad hangs out and chats while we watch our kids, you know, almost mm. die on the playground and all that. So, like, you know, yeah. it's fun. Okay, great. And uh, yeah. Killian came over in the middle of playing, and he came over and hugged me, which he doesn't normally do. Like, he hugs me hello, and then he's like, can I play? And then he runs away from me until, mm-hmm. you know, one of the men folk yell loudly enough to collect all the kids, and then we go. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he comes over to me, and he's like, and he, like, goes in for a hug. And I'm like dope right and he's like mm-hmm. he's at that height where like I like so he hugs me and then like I kind of like barely like stoop over him like mm-hmm. so I like extend my neck out kind of and then pull yeah. my head right down on his head because it's like just right there you know and yeah then, obviously you know I put my arms around him because that's what you do when you hug so like yeah. <laughs> so like we were doing that and I was in the process of like you know stretching my neck and putting my head on his head and he takes that moment to jump high of course hard fast yeah um yeah it got me I I had my head turned to the side thank fucking god yeah because he nailed me right in the throat right and like it hit like I don't know these parts what's this hard part right here all the the like your trachea? <laughs> but, like, that goes, like, from here all the way down. The, like, yes? I don't know. Your trachea. Or esophagus? Okay. I thought your trachea was, like, a just, like, a piece of it. No. Okay. Okay. Well. Your esophagus is, the it's your esophagus and your trachea, which are that okay. structure. That's like, okay. So, so, well, so, well, yeah, I guess, so, yeah. It's your esophagus, technically, I don't, like, Yeah. Okay. It depends okay. on if you're talking about like the bone here or the, you know, just the yeah, tube. Yeah, it was like right. So it was a little higher than like the middle of my neck, but it was like right on the side. So you got like the softer okay. part and like yeah. part of the hard part too. Part of the bone. Yeah, because I was like, you know, I mean, he's got a big head. I mean, he's not having. Yeah, your hyoid bone. Yeah, I just got, I just got like a whole like blunt force like area <laughs> Smack here, to the neck. Yeah. and it was like immediate pain and one of the other moms was like oh that looks like it hurt I mean it like, like stunned ooh, me. yeah. it, it, like I was like actually speechless and was like am I gonna fall over like what yeah. but like Killian was like holding on to me so I didn't fall over but yeah. I like I literally like said no words for like 30 seconds and like he like well, yeah, ran away just got your throat closed I know <laughs> like I, he like ran away and you know went on playing some more and like 
obviously he didn't mean to hurt me, you know, no, like yeah. he was just having fun and excited and, you know, doing his bouncy bit. So like, okay. But like, I was like, okay, like, am I okay? And then like, we stayed there. I was able to talk. Yes, it hurt, but it wasn't like the worst pain ever. But then yeah. over the course of like 10 minutes, like the pain is increasing and increasing. And I'm like, Hey, Eric, like we got to go. Like, like something is wrong with me right yeah, now. I like, I, like if this keeps, you know, it's trajectory of like pain intensifying, like I'm going to start crying soon, you know? And like, yeah, with all these parents, like my dad and my stepmom were there too. And I was just like, I don't want to, you know, start crying in front of, you know, everybody here. So like, like I don't want this to no, be yeah. what it is today. You know, like, yeah. So, like, we go home, and then, um, you know, my my dad and my stepmom are, like, playing with Kelly, and I think they brought him outside, and it's just, like, me and Eric, and, like, over the next hour, like, the pain got so bad, it was, I was freaking out. I mean, I was, like, Googling, like, like yeah, you know. my throat collapsed. I know, like, know, like, 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 <laughs> well, like, do I need to go see the doctor? Like, I don't know, but, like, the pain was so bad, it hurt to talk, it hurt to swallow, it hurt when I was not doing anything, you know, yeah. but it was just, like intense. And like, um, um, what the, you know, the internet, which of course is to be trusted when all things medical happen, <laughs> right? uh, it basically, you know, everything I looked at agreed on, you know, if you have a sore throat, like not just when you're talking or whatever, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. there's more things like if it hurts to breathe, you should look, go, you know, go get oh, that checked sure, yeah. right now. But like, but even if you have like a mild sore throat, then you should go get it checked out. It yeah. wasn't like at this exact second, but like, you know, soon, you know, like yeah. mm-hmm. you should get that done. Like, you know, don't wait to get that done. So I was like, yeah. fuck. Right. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Like, cause there's like, you know, little blood vessels that can tear and, you know, things like that, that you can't, that like, you know, you there's can't just like sensitive see. stuff yeah. in your neck. Yeah. You can't just like see <laughs> from that, you know, just looking at your neck from the outside. So um, so yeah, I had to go to like the urgent care and like, you know, the guy just like looked at my throat and he's like, well, it's not swollen. So he's like, I think you're good. Like just take some ibuprofen. And I'm like, well, I'm on a medicine where I can't take ibuprofen. Yeah. So, like, okay, well like, like just take Tylenol. Do do? Yeah. yeah he's like, we'll just take some Tylenol. And I was like, okay, but like Tylenol does shit. He's like, I know. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, you looked and everything looked fine, I guess. So Okay. Like, I guess I'm trusting you yeah. on this. Yeah. So he's like, you're going to get a bruise probably like down below your collarbone. Cause like the pain had like gone like to like the back of my neck also. And like up mm-hmm. behind my ear. And I was yeah. just like, it's just like spreading, but like, yeah. I'm, I'm having no trouble breathing. So like, that's yeah. the best news, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. But like, that's the good part of it. Yeah. But, like three weeks later, like it's not better. I never yeah. got a bruise, but like, I still have a sore throat, like just in that area where I was, you know, where I was hit. So I, I wasn't like, oh, I'm getting sick or anything, you know. So I made an appointment with my doctor just to be like, hey, mm-hmm. maybe you could look a little, little bit longer yeah, or like, further mm-hmm. down my throat. I don't know. Maybe I don't know what I need. But like, you know, it's been it's been three weeks now. The guy said it was only going to hurt for two weeks. So, OK, yeah. I'm going to go get this checked out. But like, of mm-hmm. course, I woke up the morning of my appointment. And guess what? pain-free so isn't that always the way I know so like, I canceled great. my <laughs> yeah, I was like this is I mean apparently all I had to do is schedule an appointment and then it would get better so yeah. uh, anyway it was just a, a couple of weeks of like waking up and like oh no I have a sore throat am I sick 
do I need a COVID test? Oh no. Okay. No, I don't have COVID. I have a child and like, <laughs> like also like, do I need to like, am I, am I okay? Like, should have stopped by now? I don't know. And like, I'm not trying to make like Killian feel bad about this. I mean, no, I mean, he, you know, he didn't I mean, do it on purpose. He, yeah. He knows like we talked about after that, like, Hey, like, don't jump if someone's hugging you. Like, yeah, you know, like, hey, like if you, there is something that you could hit your head on, you should probably not do that. Yeah, you know? but I didn't make him feel bad about it. I mean, he obviously was just having a happy moment and not trying yeah. to hurt me. But, but damn, yeah. that shit sucked. Also, like, <laughs> you know, I had to go to an urgent care and like now we have two hundred dollar copays, which is new. Like, yeah. what? I I don't I don't understand that. That's never happened before. Yeah, nothing changed in our plan. Like, I mean, that's a whole different thing, I know. But it was just, like, you know, $200 for, like, a guy to, like, look down my throat for two seconds and be like, it looks fine. No, you're so, fine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, okay, not to mention, like, the actual bill I'm going to get for that, you know? Like, I don't know, whatever. It's a whole, I'm, okay. Yeah. It's yeah, fine. I, I it's mean, fine. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, it sucks, but that happened. I'm better. Killian knows now. No jumping. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. What was your Richard Rasmussen moment? So, <laughs> mine, I'm going to look pretty stupid, but <laughs> it's fine. So, we were making, so, I, every once in a while, it's like, it's a super easy dinner. I just like, make some spaghetti noodles or fettuccine noodles or some variety of like long stringy noodle. Right. And then mm-hmm. I'll do like olive oil and butter and like, you know, garlic and Italian herbs and all these different things and like cook shrimp in it and just put like the shrimp over the noodles. And then you kind of get some of like the olive oil and butter in there to like, you know, get it to where it's not like dry noodles. And then yeah. like, that's a super easy dinner. Like it literally takes as long as it because the shrimp cooks really fast like it takes as long as it takes for the noodles to cook you know yeah that's good um so super easy okay well so because it's like an oil base right normally (laughs) when you're making like a sauce of some variety whether it's a red sauce white sauce whatever you know Mm -hmm. like you could put a fork in there and like get a little bit on it and like blow on it and then taste it to see if it tastes right yeah okay well hot oil does not cool down very fast yeah so I dunked my fork in there blew on it a bit and then put the whole thing in my mouth and pulled it out you know know. across my lips and burnt like I had blisters from each individual fork time (laughs) on the edges of my lips and all the way in you know like I had like four lines on my my upper lips and on my bottom lips of just like blister of like Oh, that had to feel horrible. Oh, it was, it hurt. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like sucking on ice cubes and mm-hmm. like running my lips under the cold water. Yeah. <laughs> in the kitchen, I'm like, I'm an idiot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I totally hiccuped. I just hiccuped in the middle of that laugh. So I'm not <laughs> drinking. I mean, not that that would matter. I don't know. Yeah, I wish. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we'll continue with your story. No, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, it was just like, oh my gosh, this is so stupid. And like, I'm just like, oh, Travis is like, what did you do? And I'm like, I ate hot oil. (laughs) (laughs) I burned my lips on a fork from shrimp oil. 
because I can't <laughs> I didn't have the thought process of like you know this is probably gonna like you know it's gonna be way hotter right so mm. not only is there gonna be hot sauce on a fork but the fork itself is also going to be very hot and it's mm. not going to cool down fast because hot metal doesn't cool down that fast and I just like swiped it on my lips to try I like wrapped my whole mouth around it to try the sauce yeah yeah Oh. It was really, really dumb. I was a big old idiot. <laughs> when was this? I feel like we would. I you like you haven't mentioned this movie before. No, I, feel I like didn't I tell you, but because I was like, I thought I was gonna talk about it then, and then I ended up having something different, and then I forgot okay. to tell you about it. But because <laughs> oh, like I feel like I would have, because like we're doing a video call, I feel like I would have noticed like your mouth blisters. It was on the inside though. Oh, okay, yeah. Like the insides of my lips, you know, like you got yeah, yeah. like your lip where you put your lipstick, and then if you like pull your lip down yeah. or whatever, like a bottom lip, it was like on that part of it. Yeah, like you the know? and like upper membrane. and lower. Yeah. You know, like so nobody saw anything, but I had these like you open I opened up my mouth and had these big like <laughs> <laughs> streaky blisters, you know. Uh, like ugh, you know, like horrible. <laughs> what an idiot. So <laughs> that that I was an idiot. <laughs> and that was my moment. And I'm not proud. It was pretty dumb. But you know, yeah, like you learned a lesson. You do what you do. You know, they like, probably already knew. <laughs> I, that's I okay. should have known the lesson already, but I mean, not. <laughs> that's fine. I in mean, theory, it healed. I did it in practice, I did not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Aww>. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandassfootspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idget and Aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you. <laughs>